Next on BYU Sports Nation, the most valuable player on the BYU football team. First of all, how do you define value? BYU football safety Micah Hanneman makes his Studio B debut. Why he thinks the BYU defense will be better this season. Plus a BYU guy who I guarantee can hit a golf ball longer than all of you. And the All-American softball senior Gordy Bravo. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are live in Radio Vision, BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, May 11th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. It's good to be back. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Barry Switzer's championship ring polisher, Jerem Jordan. Uh, hex to the no on that one, uh, especially from the comments in 84 about BYU's week schedule, which he was right, but BYU ran the table and won the national title, so get over it. There's something to that. In 1984, <laughs> Barry Switzer was adamant that BYU did not deserve a national championship. The head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners at the time. Who were competing with BYU to be number one. They lost in the Orange Bowl. More on that in just a don't second. Don't lose, and you don't. I have to worry about it. Barry Switzer said this to Sirius XM College Sports yesterday. Quote, BYU is the number one school probably within our proximity. Do it with an accent. That would uh, fit, that has national <laughs> no, prominence okay, and can stop. beat you. I mean, a, he, he said this, seriously. I mean, a bunch of white boys who can beat up on people. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I seen them beat Oklahoma the last time they played them. Uh, they're actually 2-0 against Oklahoma hi- historically, so there's another one. He was asked which team would fit best in the Big 12. He said BYU. The same guy who in 1984, once BYU beat Michigan, said essentially, well, now that the JV game is over, Washington and Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl should determine the national championship. Yeah. How'd that work out? (laughs) I'm not surprised by a con. Well, from him, it's just, it's been a long time. Trust me, there's been some separation there. I'm not surprised by anyone saying BYU's the best candidate. They're clearly the best candidate in every way, shape, and form. BYU fans, in response to what Barry Switzer did in 1984, this is not a joke, created the Barry Switzer sewage treatment plant. In Midvale, Utah. That makes sense, especially out of Midvale. <laughs> and now he's on the BYU bandwagon to get into the Big 12. He's on the BYU handcart, as we would say. Yes. But. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU baseball woke up from its momentary offensive slump last week with 17 runs last night in a 17-6 win at Utah Valley. Brennan Lund was a home run short of hitting for the cycle. He went four for six from the play. Eric Urey had two home runs. Were they playing slow-pitch softball, or was that baseball? Because I just read 17 runs. 17? That's crazy. In more BYU baseball news, pitcher Mike Rucker is one of 44 players on the National Pitcher of the Year watch list. There are two other dudes from the West Coast Conference as well. BYU men's track and field ranked 20th right now, according to the— Wait for this. Write this down. USTFCCCA. Yeah. That, who, why? Why? The— <laughs> Ostafica Association. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. And there were three C's in there, not two, by the way. The, <laughs> the Seattle Storm waived Lexi Rydolch yesterday, their third-round pick, 
uh, from the WNBA draft. So th- that was kind of shocking news. Now, mm. now in the NBA, there's only two rounds. You only need so many players, right? So hopefully Lexi, and I think she will, land on another team. But it's not good if the team that drafted you waived you. Yeah, no bueno on that. Seattle's a great city. I was really looking forward to going to a storm game, seeing the Mariners sometime this summer. So now I'm bummed. Who's going to get me Mariners tickets? Oh. I'll just have to buy them myself like a normal person. <laughs> it's, it's all about getting <laughs> Mariners tickets, right? In the end, that was what I hoped <laughs> out of that situation. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Most valuable BYU football player. And- Second and goal from the two. Williams, touchdown! Mangum looking to throw it again. Boy, that pocket's nice. Dumps it off to Brown. Inside the five! And BYU's on the board! For the first time ever, as you listen to some of the prominent BYU football highlights in the recent past, the National Basketball Association has a unanimous MVP selection. 131 votes, all to Stephen Curry of the Golden State Warriors. Second second year in a row he's won it. But with zero dissenters in that voting. Now here's the thing. Yeah, no one was there saying, No! (laughs) Because that never happened. There were no voters that said that. (laughs) There are some people that feel Steph Curry isn't the most valuable player on his team right now. LOL. Draymond Green. I mean, he's a really good player. He does it all. Blocks, assists, steals, scores, rebounds. And it hurts Steph Curry's case that the Warriors beat the Rockets. They didn't need him to beat the Rockets, and they had a series lead. He's an unbelievable player. I wish it was just called the most outstanding, but it's about value, right? And that brings up the conversation. How do you define value? Value. I mean, most exciting, funnest to watch, most skilled, most entertaining, most outstanding. Those are all different things in my mind than most valuable. Steph Curry is clearly all of the above mentioned things in terms of fun to watch. Goodness. But how do you define value? And we're taking that ideology to BYU football today. Make your case and sound off on the show. Our Twitter question today. Who is the MVP, most valuable player, on the BYU football team? Dun, dun, dun. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At 86WI uh, Coog. Football is all about QB, and especially as we go to pro style offense, think of the Packers without Rodgers. Rodgers! Pats without Brady. Taysom Tanner. MVPs. Now, to me, value is assessed by influence on the game. That's how I see value, okay? So to me, uh, it's the quarterback, whoever that is. So as of right now, to me, that's Tanner Mangum. Until Taysom Hill is healthy and declared the starter, it's Tanner Mangum. So BYU's Heisman Trophy winner or, or candidate, uh, Dark Horse, gets hurt, and BYU still wins more games than they had the previous three seasons when said quarterback was uh, you know, healthy in 2013 and whatnot. As a fre- Tanner Mangum as a freshman greater than Taysom Hill as a sophomore. Nine wins versus the eight wins, right? You could debate the schedule and whatnot. That's actual value to me, the nine wins. The QB affects the game greater than anybody else. They really do. So to me, it's Tanner Mangum, National Freshman of the Year, leader of the offense, leader of a new offense, by the way. Most passing yards for a freshman in BYU history. Predictably, he'll have a ton of, ton of yards, a ton of wins at BYU. BYU lost Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and won more games because they had Tanner Mangum. 
You plugged in Algernon Brown. The dude had 11 touchdowns, 700 yards rushing, 5.6 a carry, and they didn't look, they didn't drop a ton in that area. The difference in value on a game by percentage, by the way, in terms of who touches the ball and affects the game, is is great. And the difference between that Tanner Mangum and the next guy is huge, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Tanner Mangum passed or rushed on 56% of BYU's offensive plays last year. The next closest guy, Algernon Brown at 15%. So you talk about influence equaling value. 56% is a high number, Tanner Mangum. If Taysom Hill was healthy, I would say Taysom Hill, by the way. (laughs) I'm waiting for him to be healthy. It's whoever the quarterback is. It's Tansom Manghill. Right, <laughs> they're all yeah, or what, whatever it is. What's the celebrity name? Combine name of yeah. Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum. Combine That's another it however you topic. want. I'm still hung up on the fact that you say Tanner Mangum as a freshman greater than Taysom Hill as a sophomore. Yeah. That in and of itself is a conversation I'm ta- I'm, we can I'm have. I'm talking wins. Nine wins as the starter. Oh, but the schedule. But the schedule. Nine wins. Eight wins against a tougher schedule. In my opinion, he started six and two, and then BYU went two and three. The back five that played at Notre Dame and at Wisconsin. Yeah, tougher than win the games you play. Hey, Robbie Bosco's eighty four schedule compared to twenty thirteen and twenty fifteen. You know what I mean? You just win the games you play. Let's put a pin in that, Jerem. Let's put a pin in that one. (laughs) I won't remember that. Someone else has to do this. Maybe the fans can decide that today. I don't know. It really doesn't matter. What we're discussing oh, is the matters. most valuable player on the BYU football team right now. And I know the easy pick is the quarterback because what Jerem argued, they touch the ball the most. They have the most immediate impact on the game because they're that much more involved in all of the snaps. But there is more to value than just touching the ball. Okay, we're talking about experience, leadership, motivation, things like that. And that is why my choice is Jamal Williams as the most valuable player for the BYU football team right now because he's a senior and because of what he does to his team whenever he touches the ball or what he can do for his team when he's not touching the ball. He can motivate them. They look to him as a, as a leader. Think about the Boise State game in 2014. BYU's getting crushed on the blue. He's still injured, but he wants to play. He goes in and scores a touchdown, and there incites some sort of life into the BYU football team at that moment. Yeah, that was nice. They lost that game by 25. They still got blown out. They would have lost by 40 if Jamal Williams is not playing in that game, probably. Therefore what? They lost that game by 25 What I am saying is he impacts a team that didn't have Taysom Hill at that time and was really down and had lost three games in a row. To get him back on the field, there was a noticeable change in the body language of every single football player on that sideline. When he scored that touchdown, it was like, oh, life. There is life within BYU football. He's extremely coachable. Have you ever met anybody that didn't like Jamal Williams as a coach? Anybody. No one's going to speak up and say that if that's the case. Well, I'm just saying there is value in the fact that you can – be coachable. Yeah. No, I think he's coachable. I agree with you. But no one's going to be like, oh, this dude. No one's going to leave BYU and be like, oh, man, that guy wasn't coachable. They're not going to do that to him. Uh, don't be so sure. There are you people- think Mark Atuaya is going to say that if he felt that way? I know way? that Mark Atuaya thinks Jamal Williams is coachable. So do I. I'm saying that. that no one would say that. That's like, that's Whatever. Like, well, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything. Because that. no I've one heard would neg- say I've that. I've heard negative things about other players. Not Jamal Williams. Not Jamal Williams. That is my point. 
He's been experienced in the fact that he's gone through a lot. Season-ending injury, 2014. Okay, he had to sit out last season, go through the disappointment of that. He's more that, mature. That, that was by ch- that was his choice, right? In 545 touches of the football, he's fumbled three times and lost none. Now they changed the stat from 2014. By the way, he had a fumble lost, which I thought was Taysom Hills. Um, so I'm glad they took that off the board. He has zero fumbles lost, which is nuts. Reliable, emotional leader, experienced. He can pick his team up. Averages 5.1 yards per carry. He'll probably be the all-time leading rusher in BYU. He better be. The annals of BYU football. If he's, if he's not, that means something happens. Now, because he's not as flashy, per se. Oh, no, he's really flashy. Uh, Are you serious? His J-Swag Daddy? He screams flash. Has nothing to do. Off the field, absolutely. No, on the field, on he the screams field, flash. No, he's, he's not a flashy runner. He is a, he is a ground and pound runner. No, he's not juking people out of their, Brown. He's not juking people out of their cleats. Jamal is stiff-arming people. He's Yes, he is flashy Jamal on Williams the field, has dude. the most yards after contact use behind that, only Harvey Unga. Use that for your MVP thing. He is flashy. He's great. On the field. Workmanlike attitude. Never goes down in first contact. Okay, Jamal Williams is a flashy personality, but I'm just talking about what he does on the field. He is a physical specimen. He excites people because he runs over people. He's not afraid of contact. How many times have you been pumped up when he's like, someone's making a tackle on him and he breaks free or he goes for four more yards? Like He brings that excitement. No doubt he has value, but to me he doesn't have the most value. The quarterback better be the MVP. This is BYU. This is quarterback But when you're you. looking for a you leader better right now. Have, you, your quarterback better be your leader or it's not going to work out. If you're at Alabama, you can be Jake Coker and be this uh, uninfluential person in the, game, in the season uh, where you can hand off to Derrick Henry, you can just throw into the flat, and that works. At a group of five or independent team, generally, the quarterback's got to be the guy. Got to be the guy. The quarterback and he's can, be the most, most he can be the most influential, but doesn't mean he's necessarily the most valuable. He, he, the, if the quarterback is not the most valuable player on this BYU football team this year, it's not good. You need that guy to be the MVP. You need an emotional leader. I need the game to be, be affected in a great game. The leadership, the motivation, that's all great. But if you can't complete a pass... You play better when you have a leader. Yeah, Jamal Williams didn't influence the Hail Mary. You know what I mean? Like You need to go out there and make a play. And that is made by the quarterback in almost every instance. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? Who is the most valuable player on the BYU football team? Use the hashtag BYUSN. And, my goodness, what would be the most valuable statistic that we bring up every show, every day? Countdown to the Wildcats! 115! The stat of the day is the MVP of stats on the show. It's not the countdown. It's the countdown. It's called stat of the day. Consistency. Consistency. Workmanlike statistic. (laughs) I can't believe you don't think Jamal Williams is flashy on the field. What has he done that's flashy on the field? He's so flashy on the field. What? Tell oh me. Oh, my goodness. Tell me one play the, besides the 70-yard the run. The way he plays is flashy. He's not a fullback. Physical. You described a fullback. Physical. Physical. Boring fullback. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Patrick Fishburn, but Micah Hanneman first. The BYU football safety joins us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. You can get involved 
Use the hashtag BYUSN. Here's a flashy promo for you. Baseball oh, at oh, San Francisco. Oh, oh. <laughs> Baseball at San Francisco, 6 Eastern time on BYU Radio coming up Thursday. Also, May 19th, uh, game one of the series with Santa Clara on BYU TV at 8 Eastern time. So baseball only has seven games left in the regular season, by the way. It's getting down to the wire. The magic number for BYU is four. They win the next four of the next six. They are in for sure. Probably three will do it. Losses by other teams that are in the race also yeah. factor into that magic Everyone number. Everyone else wins. BYU needs to win four. Our Twitter question today. To make the WCC tournament, sorry. Yes. Our Twitter question today. Is Jamal Williams a flash? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Who is the you most? You know I will dominate on that Who is the one. most flashy when he's carrying the ball? That's what we're talking about. Not like yes. what he wears, how he carries himself off the That's field. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when he's running with the football. Yes, he is a flashy runner. He Pull. is, he is a physical Tweet it out. More physical is or Jamal flashy? Is Jamal Williams a flashy player or not? Is he more physical or more flashy? Okay. That's no, the no, conversation. That wasn't the argument. That, it was that, that's the argument I was making. It was flashy or not. No. Physical to me, not flashy. So is he more physical or is he more flashy? Jay Swag Daddy, man. I just <laughs> If I'm him, I feel so disrespected. Again, the actual, what are you talking about? He's not Aquaman. He's not Batman. To me. He's the Flash. He's oh, flashy. My good grief. <laughs> He's not Wonder Woman. <laughs> You're so happy that I'm back. I know it. I, I am happy. Who is the most valuable player on the BYU football team is our actual Twitter question. <laughs> <laughs> Sound it's off actually- on that. At Laser Sheep says Jamal Williams. If he can move the ball consistently, it solves a lot of problems. The running game opens yeah, up sure. everything. Yeah, flashy running game is awesome. <laughs> Joining us now in Studio it B. Is is a flashy defender for hey, BYU, Micah Hanneman. And I mean that sincerely, uh, who has now moved from defensive back to safety permanently. Micah, welcome to Studio B. Thank you. Yeah. What, what took you so long to get in here, man? <laughs> oh, no, finally started getting noticed, I guess. We, we finally invited you. I think that's yeah. what happened, yeah. Okay, yeah. is Jamal Williams a, more of a flashy running back or a physical running back? Um, I'm just going to meet in the middle in the same boat. <laughs> His first invite is yeah. afraid to tick one of us off. Yeah. Just maybe a little bit of both, according to Micah Hanneman? Yeah, I would say he's both for sure. Okay. We're asking our BYU Sports Nation fans, which player brings the most value to this team? And I know that's a tough question for you to answer because you look at all your teammates, I'm sure, and think, oh, he plays a huge role and he plays yeah. a huge role. But we're going to ask you the question anyway. So throw some people under the bus, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the MVP of this team? Shoot. I don't know. That's obviously hard. I want to say there's like one person. But since I'm a defensive player, I'll have to throw some defensive names out. But um, Travis Tuoloma, he's like if you notice the difference between when he was playing nose tackle in our games between when he's not, it's a huge difference. So like if you can control the line up there as defensive lineman, then it changes the game a lot. So like he he dominates on defense. Like he really does. He doesn't know how good he is either. He he dominates people. You're not alone in I thinking know. that. We've seen a number of tweets yeah. Yeah. in favor of Travis Tuiloma because yeah. of the the point that you that you just mentioned, and that is the difference of when he was not healthy and not playing last yeah. year. Yeah, and and it's not a sexy choice for sure. Although Travis Tuiloma is sexy in his own way, right? But it's like in basketball saying that a shot blocker is the MVP, right? When he's not in there, the rim's not protected, look, yeah. right? Like certain part of that. And against Nebraska, we saw that. But uh, unfortunately, against Utah, he got hurt. What's what's his situation, by the way? Is he do you know is he going to be ready for the year or is it? Yeah, I think he's going to be ready for the year. Was it Liz Frank as well for him? 
I'm, um, I'm not sure to be honest, a foot injury, but yeah, it was a foot injury. Okay. Yeah. What are you doing yeah. right now with your life after spring ball? <laughs> what happens in the day of Micah Hanneman? <laughs> I actually have a pretty busy school schedule. I'm taking eight credits throughout the spring, summer. Why did, why did you do that to yourself? <laughs> so I'm trying to, I didn't redshirt as a freshman, so I'm trying to graduate in December of next year, 2017. You need to mm. calm down. Yeah. Okay. Eight. Okay, six <laughs> is like a lot, right? That's like full-time spring student. You're taking eight. So how do, how do you manage uh, spring? Because you want to you wanna still work out. You still want to stay in tip-top shape and all that. But yet you have a lot of academics to mm-hmm. take care of, right? Yeah. So just I, – I go for getting okay grades, <laughs> which I'm, me, I'm satisfied with getting okay grades, not A's, but not failing my classes. So, But, yeah, so I do that. I'm working part-time. Then we have our workouts every morning, which is nice to start it up. You're a busy dude, man. You, what, what's, your, what's your part-time job? Um, I work at a detention center in Provo. Mm. Part of my major. I'm a sociology major, so I oh, want okay. Yeah. I'm a, just a counselor, so just make sure the kids do what they're supposed to be doing and just talk to them. Very cool. Help them out, yeah. Make yeah. sure the freshmen do what they're doing on the football field yeah. when you come to practice as Don't well. live a flashy don't, life. Don't mess live it up. A, uh, regular life. Micah yeah. Hanneman joining us in <laughs> Studio B, BYU football safety. Uh, we are talking about spring ball currently, and let's go here, Micah. When you first heard about the coaching staff change and then first saw, like, uh, the difference that they brought in what was what was the the thing that kind of jumped out to you were like wow this this is different yeah i would say the the biggest difference would be that they're all basically former players at byu which byu is a lot different school to play at than other schools in college football so just that they understand what we are hearing every day in class what we're going through, the places that we're at, the people that we're around, the, the other college students and stuff like that. And being able to work more player-friendly, I guess, with our, our football schedule and the way that they, they run the football meetings and stuff like that, which is cool. And just, like, to have someone that understands, like, exactly – because they really do. They know exactly that because they, they all played here. So they know exactly what we're going through right now. So it's, like, it's good to – to have that how has the defense changed the defense is a lot more just man-to-man athletes they they just they cut well they didn't cut but they we moved a lot of people like fast people around to our defensive back same with linebackers so that we can just cover people man-to-man and which helps a lot like I think our best games last year was when we played the most man-to-man so if that's like our base defense then I think that we'll have a great defense this year what games were those um, well, the second half of the Michigan game, and we, because the first half we we're trying to run all these fancy calls, but then the second half, like, let's just play man. So that game, the the games against um, Boise, where we just played lots of man, um, even UCLA, we were playing a lot of man, even though we lost, we still did pretty decently defensively, but yeah. Talking with BYU safety, Micah Hanneman on BYU Sports Nation. How difficult was it for you to make a position switch from defensive back to safety? Um, safety is my natural position, so hmm. it was actually really hard making the switch from safety to corner this past year. So if that answers your question, but yeah, corner <laughs> corner is a hard position to play. So it was yeah. it was great going. Back. Yeah, it was great going back to safety and feel a lot comfortable at safety and get to put back on some weight that 
that I took off to to be faster. How much weight did you fat. have to shed? Uh, well, I didn't have to shed that much, but I was just trying to get faster. So I shed like five or in between five and ten pounds hmm. before the season just to keep up with people. But Let's talk about the secondary because I, I see a lot of experience that comes back. Um, and then you get moved to safety. Uh, Michael Wadsworth, you know, graduates, and there's an opportunity there. What's what's the secondary going to be like next year with all those guys? There's there's some yeah. good depth. I think. Oh yeah, there's great depth. Me, Kai, Eric Takanaka is another safety who's going to do really good. Matt Hadley has experience. Um, Mike Davis is probably he's definitely the best corner from last year. He just locks people down. Teams are afraid to throw his way. And then the the only person that's not coming back to be turning starter is the the next corner. So we'll find out who that is. But there's a lot of good good players that that are there. So And one of those guys is Troy Warner. I know Michael Shelton comes back. Tell us about Troy. What he, he ran with the ones quite a bit in spring. How good is Troy Warner? Yeah. He's super athletic, very athletic. He can play, you know, receiver, he can play safety if he wanted to, corner. Obviously there's a huge difference between um high school and college, no matter where you play in high school. But I think he's gonna be a good Definitely a good corner here. You've got a new position coach, Gennaro Guilford, who played at BYU, has yeah. one of the more memorable highlights in BYU football history. And that's tough to have a defensive highlight that sticks oh, in man. BYU history. Everybody he has one of remembers them, right? the interception in 2001. It's unfortunate it's that way, but to okay. seal that game. What is Gennaro Guilford like as a position coach? So he's actually the corners position coach. Oh, okay. But I still we still work with him a lot. Coach Lamb is our oh, safety so you work position with that coach. Lamb. Yeah, okay. but. Gennaro is awesome. He coached my brother at SUU, Southern Utah University. Mm. So I kind of already knew him before he came. Same with Coach Lamb. And he he's just a, he's a good dude. Also can relate to the players a lot more than than previously. And then it's cool to have two position coaches because it used to just be one position coach for the safeties and corners. So now it's separated, which means a lot more one-on-one and a lot more position mastery, which is really cool. So. We've been told that uh, in practice, you guys spend a lot of time running drills, and it used to be like, okay, we're going to run things fast, we're going to go through it, we're going to move on to the next thing. That you stop and you slow down and you go over technique a lot and that kind of thing. Is that is that the case? And yeah. What's the difference in practice? Yeah, I think that I think it was probably mostly because we were switching in a completely different defense with different techniques, so they needed a lot more teaching time to slow down practice. So hopefully we have it down enough now so that in the fall we can get a good mix of both of like slowing it down working on technique and then plus getting a lot of repetitions at it but yeah it's it's nice like learning a new technique and that's important for for us to have time not to just speed through practice and then it's over and then you don't know what, what to happened? work on yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. what do we just so, work on again yeah, yeah we'll finish nice. with this uh your brother jacob playing double a ball in the chicago cubs organization yeah. they, to dave mccann's delight because the chicago <laughs> cubs are 25 and cubs. six right now uh how much interaction do you do you have with him when he's in his busy season with baseball and and you playing football and whatnot yeah well we definitely don't see each other face to face a lot but because they have games. I think they only have two days off a month where they don't have a game. So that's not even practice. It's just they don't have a game two days out of a month, which is crazy. But it's fun because we get to watch them a lot. They have it streamed online, so we watch it a lot. My dad's his number one fan, obviously. But Jacob, we were super close. We were both freshmen here at the same time because he returned from his mission the same time I was graduating. So we both were freshmen. He was on the football team here at first. So that was, I have a really good relationship with Jacob, and like he helps me. 
and and I played baseball too, so I could help him <laughs> a little bit. He's really obviously better than me at baseball, but yeah, I have a good relationship with Jacob and his wife. And he hit a home run Monday. Yeah, he's hit. hit he's baby. hit like double the amount that he hit last season nice. in a couple of weeks. So he's doing good. I just hope he bought you something nice with a signing bonus. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was on my mission, so I was just like, "Yeah, send me like uh, some socks and <laughs> some ties." You need to ask so, for more than socks, yeah, man. <laughs> exactly. It's like every every former uh, LDS missionary is like, "Yeah, that cool thing happened while I was gone." <laughs> yeah. Dang it, Mike. Great to have you in Studio B. We're gonna have you sign our uh, stretch Y flag before you go. Up next, we continue with our three-guest day. Gordy Bravo of BYU Softball, the All-American, making her way to Studio B. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, follow us on social media. Generally, it's BYU Sports Nation, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, in the case of Snapchat, BYUSN. That was such a commanding tone. Follow us on Do social media. Well, see, in English, there's no difference between the command form, right? In Spanish or Portuguese or I imagine. In Korean. There, yeah, Korean. There's command form like, do it now, right? <laughs> in English, there's a, you just do it with your voice. With right? intonation. Yeah, yeah. We do that a lot here. Breaking it Flashy! down. Linguistics 101 on BYU Sports Nation. What's Please up? no. My brother-in-law did get a linguistics degree from Brigham Young, though. He's at, he's at Boston University getting a PhD. I'm the underachiever in my family. Jeez. <laughs> it's tough. Hey, you said it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU baseball with a 17-run shelling of Woo. Utah Valley last night. Brennan Lund was a home run shy of hitting for the cycle. Eric Uri had two home runs in that win. Take that, Concrete Palace. In more BYU baseball news, pitcher Mike Rucker, one of 44 players on the National Pitcher of the Year watch list. There's a chance he wins that. He has... He and another guy have 10 wins, the most in the country. He's got a shot. BYU men's track and field ranked 20th by the USTFCCCA. <laughs> That's a real thing. I can't get over that. Is it the United States Track and Field Cross-Country Coaches Association? Oh, nailed it. Is that what it is? Well done. Yeah, okay. well done. Seattle Storm waived Lexi Radelch yesterday after selecting her in the third round in the WNBA draft. Good luck to Lexi, who I hope lands on another team. Biggest Seattle loss since the Thunder went to Oklahoma <laughs> City. No, that was uh, a couple <laughs> days ago uh, for the Mariners, but yeah. You'll pay for this, Seattle! Joining us now, our second guest in studio, All-American, Mexican national team member in softball and All-West Coast Conference first team member, Gordy Bravo. Gordy, welcome back to Studio B. Good to be back. 444 is the second highest single season batting average ever by a BYU softball player. You did that, and that's just one of the many things on your long, illustrious career of accomplishments at BYU, which, by the way, you played your final home game on Saturday. I did. How was that for you? At first, it didn't really kick in until at the end, like, I was in the outfield, and I was just like, wow, this is it. You know that, yeah. Did you cry? Yeah, I cried. Yeah. When the TV's turned off, I cried. Your <laughs> <laughs> cameras yeah. in like every home game. Yeah, I, I knew. It, I know yeah. they turn off. So yeah. Spencer did too. Yeah, so it, it was. It was all good. So I was just <laughs> tweeting it out. Gordy yeah. Bravo is bawling right now. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Um, you, you guys had a stretch where you lost five of seven, but now you've won eleven of twelve. What changed recently? Um, I think our demeanor. Um, we had more of a fight as a team, and we're just coming together and we're we're clicking. So. 
WCC first place by two games going into the final week at San Diego. Not a bad place to travel to in May to wrap up <laughs> conference play, but I mean, on the field, what what does San Diego bring to the table? Um, they're just a scrappy team, and they'll they'll bring their A game for sure. Everyone wants to beat us, so they always bring their A game. But we definitely can't come out just expecting to win. So we need to go out there and just pound away. So three games left. Uh, if you win two, you lock up the West Coast Conference Championship. Yeah. If you get, if you take all three as well. Um, so what, what's it like as a team knowing, okay, we can win, I believe, your eighth straight conference championship if you win two games? I think so, yeah. Um, well, we've never been in a situation where our back is kind of against the wall. Like, we always just sweep everyone and no worries. But So this is a different scenario for us, but we are uh, pretty excited. It's good for us. 11 straight wins in conference after starting 1-2 and two against LMU. Yeah. In that series – what I mean, what happened? What you mentioned the demeanor change, but like, was is there something that you remember from the coaches or a conversation? Was there like a turning point when you're like, "Okay, let's play softball"? Yeah, after we lost that second game to LMU, we were just like, "Wow, we need to step it up because if we keep playing like this, we're not going to win it." So we just we knew we had to flip pretty much 180 and start playing like how we know we should be playing. Trying to get to a 12th consecutive NCAA tournament. That's wild. Winning the West Coast Conference regular season will do that. We're with Gordy Bravo of BYU Softball in Studio B. I don't know if you heard about this or saw this last week, but your <laughs> senior teammate and friend, yep, Coco yeah. Tawali Bond, <laughs> I did. was on the show, and sh- she revealed some very personal information about yeah. you. Yeah, she did. She didn't tell me how to hear from someone else. but <laughs> And I went and I like, looked it up right away, and I knew. Wait, is someone's full name very personal information? It's I mean, sort of public info, right? To be honest, mine isn't. Like, If you look it up, like <laughs> it is nowhere to be found. Like, You really have to search for it. So, You're, You go by it. Gordy, and yeah. I know you've told us before, but for those that don't know how you got that, that's not your real name, but you go by Gordy. So how, how did that come about? Um, I was a baby, and I was about like 10 pounds, and I had a babysitter who just spoke Spanish, so she just called me Gorda. So <laughs> that just stuck. You were a healthy baby. I was. Oh, yeah, definitely healthy and happy, too. <laughs> I can't believe that you were 10 pounds I know. as a Everyone baby. I know. Everyone says that. <laughs> like, I know. It's crazy. You're 5'2". Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gordy's no. gained 17 pounds since, since that moment. Since. You are up to 27 pounds. You are the lightest softball player in the NCAA. No, I'm just kidding. Probably. Um, the, the previous three years, you had at least one home run. I'm wondering if that home run's going to come this weekend. What do you think? I am shooting for it. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm definitely, I definitely wanted it, my last home game, but I'm, I don't know. Okay, so if you're like up big and situationally no one's on base or something, can you like go after it a little bit? You're like, okay. Oh yeah, I do. There's no outs. Let's just let's just launch one. Pretty much when I get like a one ball, no strikes kind of count, or three balls, no strikes, or you know, I definitely swing hard. You don't look down at Gordon Eakin. Oh no, that, you're like, I got. That. I don't want to, but he looks at me. <laughs> like, he gives me a little eye. Like, don't swing. And I'm like, okay. You're like, I'm gonna Vlad Guerrero this into left field. Okay, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm a senior. Now, I think that Coach Eakin and just the mentality of the softball team, fun-loving, happy, uh, kind of yeah, the happy-go-lucky attitude is the perfect combination because he, he helps you focus in, and I think you help him relax a little bit. I think that's very true, yeah. What will you remember the most about playing for Coach Eakin at BYU? 
Um, I guess it's like his mustache. To be honest, like when I first <laughs> when I first came in, like he had that big mustache, and and everyone like we like we're like big on it. Like we'd always like look at him, you know, put our finger there, and he like all of a sudden came back, he shaved it off. And we've been trying to convince him to like grow it back. <laughs> to grow it. <laughs> yeah, and he had a little bit. He had a little bit going, but yeah, I yeah. I remember that. It's pretty fun. He had had enough. The rest of us had enough too. Uh, <laughs> what's your candy of choice at first base? M and M's. Oh, you're one of the M and M people. Yeah, what the big co- ones. What color? Brown. Okay. Yeah. Because Wait, because does- Kristen Delahousey told us that there's a specific color. Yeah. For everybody too. She has brown, big brown M and M's. Big brown ones. Yeah, it's all chocolate. Yeah, Kristen Delahousey, oh. you you were gone. She brought them in. Okay, I, I even t- I know she does. Did she bring her little fanny pack and everything, or just the candy? Um, j- just in a little just a little thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, she just just little fanny cherry tootsie yeah, rolls. Last year she used a fanny pack. Like she got it from Europe when she went tour on a you know trip there or something. Something. Like, she cherry, got it from nineteen ninety eight. Where did she get that? <laughs> cherry tootsie rolls for Coco. Vanilla Tootsie Rolls for... See, I don't know how they eat those on the bases. Though. Yeah, right? Like, it's too much. M&M's, you just like, you know, I'm trying to it. steal second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Gordy, great to have you in the studio. B, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for your regular season finale uh, against San Diego. And we, we have a new flag. We have we a new flag. It's different Wait. than the one from last So we need you to sign that one. Yeah. Gordy Bravo, all if, 27 pounds of her. If you could sign it as Marissa Bravo, that <laughs> yeah. would be amazing. <laughs> I or your full that, name? Your full name would be amazing as What's well. What's the middle name? Don't go there. <laughs> don't go. I'm not. I'm not going to sell you out like that, Gordy. Thank you. Gordy packs a punch. I've, I've seen her swing the stick, man. Another BYU team nationally ranked, but first, the lone BYU men's golfer who will compete for the NCAA regionals next week. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We didn't knock anything off the desk like five seconds before we came back on the air live. Nope. (laughs) Didn't pound the desk and uh, the golf ball in the wood did not fall off. (laughs) That never happens. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of BYUSN Live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You know what we need to do is like a spring cleaning. On the, yes. on the desk? Yes. Like, okay, let's go through some stuff. A lot of people ask, like, why do you have that? Why do you have that? We need to explain this one day. Like, why do you have a Matruska on the set? Like, oh, there's a story to almost everything on the set, including the new head cover from Leah Garner, which is great. And by the way, baseball plays San Francisco tomorrow night, 6 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Check it out. If BYU wins four of the next six conference games, they will make the WCC tournament top four teams. By the way, we don't have time to talk about this today, but we need to discuss it at some point, maybe tomorrow. Are you bringing this up just so we remember? Yes. Okay. Jabari Parker, pickup ball. Yeah, Jabari Parker played pickup BYU yesterday. Brandon, we'll talk about this tomorrow. Brandon Despain, the, the uh, video coordinator for athletics, hit a game-winning three on Jabari. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> I didn't believe it. It happened. Joining us now via the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, seven top 20 finishes this year as a member of the BYU men's golf team is Patrick Fishburne. Patrick, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, how's it going? Good. Where are you right now? Are you on the course somewhere practicing? No, I uh, I tee off at about 12 o'clock. I'm just in Ogden. Going to play the the OGCC today. Ah, now I, you probably there's no way you remember this, man, but I was a cart boy at the Ogden Golf and Country Club for like five years, and I think you were probably four years old the first time I saw you. When did you know you were good at golf? 
Uh, well, my dad, he used to take me out to the course and kind of strap me in the back where the clubs go. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of hung around the course for a while. I played a lot of basketball and um, just started, kind of picked up golf a little bit when my sisters did. And so I just played a bunch and had a lot of fun doing it, really liked it, and so I decided that I uh, keep going with it. And it was good. Uh, it was good for basketball, too. They're kind of opposite season, so. It was kind of a good good mix. Patrick, Spencer revealed this morning that he had a uh, crush on one of your sisters, Gretchen, oh, for a long time boy. growing up. Oh, boy. I, I think a lot of people actually did. I know at Fremont High, they had a, the boys' baseball team had a bat named after her. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she was liked by many, which, I don't know. She was a good person inside, Jerem, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and very yeah. pretty, apparently, as well. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I know that you hit the golf ball a long way, Patrick, and I've had the privilege of watching you do that uh, last September um, at uh, a banquet the BYU Golf hosted for uh, a bunch of uh, donors and whatnot. I mean, it's, it's a spectacle. How, how far do you generally drive the golf ball? Uh, well, it's, I mean, the ball goes different in different places, but if I'm here in Utah, it can go, it can go 380-ish. 390, 370, just kind of around there. Woo! Just when I'm taking a rip at it. Most of the time, I don't really swing that hard during tournaments, but I every once in a while, I let one go. So you, you made the NCAA Regionals as an individual. You're hoping the team did. They did not, but you get to compete. And the, the way I see it is there are five of you, and the top, uh, the top player, the lowest score, advances to the NCAA Championships. Is that the case? Oh, well, what it is is... Um, I know five five teams advance. Uh, I think there's 12 or 13 teams. And then for me to advance to the Nationals, I'd have to beat everyone that's on the teams that didn't advance as well as the five individuals. So for me to really go to the Nationals, I gotta I probably got to be top three or top five to have a chance. When do you tee off in Albuquerque? Um, I think it's around 9.50-ish. Probably around 10 o'clock sometime. Okay. And that's on Monday, right? Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Talking with Patrick Fishburne of BYU Golf, your average round in the month of April was 69.7. For two guys that can only dream of ever shooting in the 60s (laughs) in an an 18-hole round, what's it like to do that regularly? It's good. uh, It's been fun. I've been playing pretty well lately, I think. A lot of that has come from I've been hitting it pretty consistent. I've been hitting a lot of fairways and a lot of greens. I just when you're hitting a lot of fairways and a lot of greens, it makes it makes the game a whole lot easier. So I just gotta. The biggest thing for me is making a few putts. That's kind of I've struggled a little bit with the putter this year. So I just gotta if I can make a few putts, I think I'll think I'll have a chance of shooting low. So do do we need to go play mini golf and like work on your game there or what? <laughs> That'd be a good thing for us to do. I think. Give me a few pointers and like Chubbs and Happy Gilmore, and we'll uh, <laughs> just <laughs> just we'll just go off butter. this wall and then uh, into the hole. It's Happy, it's really you're easy. acting like a dang fool. <laughs> <laughs> I I yeah. noticed you were recruited by Ohio State, Oklahoma, Washington, a bunch of other notable schools. What led you to choose BYU? Um, I just I don't know. I just always was a big fan of the program. I, Bruce Brockman and Todd Miller are amazing coaches and. As we play golf tournaments throughout the country, I have a lot of kids come up and tell me how great, how you know how lucky I am to have both guys as coaches. So 
Hmm. You know, they were a big reason that, that I went there as well. as I had a lot of guys that came before me, like Zach Blair was a good buddy of mine, and he played there. And I don't know, really it was a pretty easy choice for me to go to BYU because of what the school represents and, you know, being LDS and, and kind of wanted to stay close close to home. It was, uh, it was a no-brainer for me. How much interaction do you have with guys like Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays, current guys on the PGA Tour that played at BYU? Uh, quite a bit. I played with Zach uh, about a week ago at Alpine. We we still text back and forth here and there. We went to high school together, so we just kind of grown up around each other. So we're pretty good friends. And and Daniel, we we probably see Daniel as a team. I don't know, maybe once or twice a year. But both those guys are, you know, they're really great. They're always they're always they still follow the the golf team, and they're always sending texts to us, encouraging us, and. You know, hoping we do well, which is which is great for us. Zach didn't bend his putter during that tournament or or competition, did he? By chance? <laughs> no, he was uh, luckily he was a little mild. He was a little mild when we played. But, uh, <laughs> I got a pretty good laugh at that. That was funny. Ha- have you ever bent a club playing like it struck it out of anger? I-, I know he hit it into his head, which is like what? Why'd you choose a head, and not a tree? <laughs> but uh, I actually have one time. It was kind of a. Several, several kind of tournaments of frustration, and usually I keep my cool pretty good. I don't really get too upset, but there was this one round at the Salt Lake City Am. I was playing Bonneville, and hole number two, I just got in a turkey sandwich, and my hands were a little greasy, but I left my glove. I just said, so I said, I'll, you know, I'll just go get it after I hit it, and then I decided to hit it, and the club kind of slipped in my hand, and I bladed the ball like, 60 yards over the green into the house. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> right when I did that, I broke my club over my leg. And the bad part is that it, it cut my leg. Oh! And so I, I had to withdraw from the tournament and go get stitches. <laughs> you had a Bo yeah. Jackson moment result in stitches? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, I walked up to the green. I just had blood all over my leg, all over my white golf shoes and my three playing competitors just looked at me with looks of horror. It was uh, <laughs> a gruesome sight. It's <laughs> yeah, a great story. That is, I, I'm sure, yeah, it's fun to look back on now, but in the moment you're like, what are you looking at? <laughs> yeah, I, well, after it happened, I was kind of embarrassed, but it was, uh, it, was a, it was a bad moment. But definitely learned from it. I haven't done it since, so that's good. Patrick, we need to get you into Studio B uh, next time you're in town in Provo after the regionals, and uh, we wish you the best of luck uh, in Albuquerque. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Do our part to try and help the psyche as you uh, approach regionals. Perfect. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You got it, man. Patrick Fishburne, good luck, my friend. Okay, thank you. On the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. How how much older was Gretchen? Gretchen was, I think she was my age. Never asked her out? Well, no, I had a girlfriend. I just... Gilligan, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming up come the whip. Come on. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Bit with it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. Cougars woke up from their momentary offensive slump in a 17-6 win at Utah Valley last night. Brennan Lund was a home run short of hitting for the cycle. He went for... For six, pitcher Mike Recker is one of 44 players on the National Pitcher of the Year watch list as well. Track and field. The men's team is ranked 20th by the USTFCCCA. 
Volleyball. <laughs> that was the quickest read ever. <laughs> Heather Olmstead will be an assistant on the USA Volleyball Pan Am Cup staff. The tournament's June 30th through July 11th in the Dominican Republic. Cougars in the Association. The Seattle Storm waved Lexi Rydalch yesterday after selecting her in the third round in the WNBA draft. Save our Lexi! Softball. Utah State's field conditions were deemed unplayable yesterday. Thanks, Aggies. Isn't that what you do? Lacrosse. <laughs> Good point. Seventh-ranked BYU lost 7-5 to to second-ranked Georgia Tech in the second round of the MCLA tournament. Fantastic season for BYU lacrosse. Men's basketball. Last night at the Utah Governor State of Sport Awards, Kyle Collinsworth won Male Collegiate Athlete of the Year in the state of Utah. Also of note, Tanner Mangum to Mitch Matthews Hail Mary won the event or highlight of the year. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? BYU Baseball. They, they uh, lost a couple of games at Pepperdine, only scored oh. three runs, got shut up, then 17. Yeah, that's really good. Not Barry Switzer? <laughs> <laughs> Barry Switzer! Okay, <laughs> a couple, couple of things. couple of things, Jerem. BYU Sports Nation sent out the poll question. Yeah, no, I just voted. Okay, you just yeah. voted yeah. in it. And? Who is more, is, is Jamal Williams more flashy or more physical? And I'm look up the right results. now, I've got it. I've got 88 it. votes, 52%, 52% say physical. Jamal Williams, physical, physical. Really, really, this is a testament to the fact that he is both flashy and physical. It's true. It's, it's like it's split it's down the middle. 52% almost. to 48%. Yeah, Mitt Romney is flashy. Obama is physical. But only one can win, Jerem, and I am the one that has to win. So When does it end? 23 <laughs> hours, bro. Let's give it some time. Nope. Let it marinate. The poll's over. Nobody, can, nobody else can vote. Let it marinate, bro. It'll <laughs> taste really good. He's more physical. Good grief. What are we doing now? Oh, yeah. Probably have the rise. Oh, yeah. we did the rise. We shout. did the rise and yeah. shout. How about our elite tweet. tweet of the day? <laughs> Who is the most valuable player on the BYU football team? At Hot M E S Q <laughs> says Tanner Hilgum. <laughs> <laughs> that is the elite tweet. That's good. Hey, thanks to Micah Hanneman, Gordy Bravo, Patrick Fishburne, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. That was a flashy throw. Show on demand, BYUSN.com, the audio podcast on iTunes, and the tune-in app for Jeremiah and Spencer. Shout-out to Gretchen Fishburne and <laughs> to Eric Kellogg. We're back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Gretchen. Ring my bell. Gretchen was like Hansel, so hot right now. <laughs>